All right, we get to come back to segment number two for the book club. Beatrice back again. <laughs> yes, hello. Good to be with you. Yes, so so glad you're here. If I was left on my own, I wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not. I'm not. Um, so in this, we get to the, the pieces people have just been reading then with a chapter on broken and given. Yes. And, and so in this, he's, he starts talking about our suffering as, as humans. That's a theme for Henry in his writings, isn't it? It is. And, you know, that's the theme that, you know, perhaps in some ways um, we've been shy, um, you know, not to not to teach on, um, mm-hmm. not to address as much. I don't know if you if you would agree, but, uh, you know, I think the human tendency is to, you know, shove that mm-hmm. under the rug. Oh, and, yeah, I agree. And Henry does not shove it under the rug. In, in fact, you know, it makes... As I said, you know, some of the people that I've talked with about his work, it, you know, almost makes them uncomfortable. Not almost, it does. <laughs> um, it makes them uncomfortable because he just talks so upfront and openly mm-hmm. uh, about his own brokenness and the brokenness of others that he's pastoring. And, and um, but, you know, you've, you have to do it with any kind of authentic um with any kind of authentic description um, of of spirituality, because therein is the rub, right? Um, how do we, what do we do about this broken world? You know, Dallas Willard said that the, the main question for the human condition is how to live. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we are in such a broken mm-hmm. uh, condition and state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Henry goes on to work with this idea of befriending our brokenness mm-hmm. and the beauty in our, in our brokenness. Um, yeah. So countercultural, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause that's not what we want to do. Um, you know, we want to medicate uh, our brokenness or, you know, use, use something to, um, to as a buffer mm-hmm. um, against it. And, and then, and so then it just festers. Um, and I know, of course, you know, this as a counselor, so he's, you know, he's speaking to this idea of, no, the only way through it, you know, is to, is to face it and mm-hmm. to embrace it, mm-hmm. but not alone. Right. But, but right. you're not facing it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're facing it in the true reality that God exists and that you are his beloved mm-hmm. and, that, and that even in the brokenness, and right, this is the, the startling thing. He's saying God can use that journey, even in the brokenness, mm-hmm. to make you the person he wants you to be mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you to be and yeah. it, you you really can only begin to look at befriending broken our brokenness in a context of being chosen and blessed yes right? that's the that's the only way that it feels somewhat safe to do it mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting as i was reading this I, I i fully agreed with what he was saying um but i did i wanted him to give more attention to brokenness. I felt a little, I felt like he jumped a little quickly to the broken glass is beautiful stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Did, did you have that reaction? Is that, I don't want to criticize him. But. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I argued with Henry all the time uh, when I read him. <laughs> um, no, I agree. I think, and again, you know, he's sort of trying to simplify and distill. So, you know, That's there's true. the challenge. Um, but yeah. You know, and he comes back, I think, a little later in the chapter and says, 
you know, how ridiculous to break a glass just, you know, so it's going to shine better, you know? (laughs) So he says, of course, that's crazy talk. Um, yeah. So you definitely, you definitely could use some, you know, maybe some beefing up, um, sure. In that section. It was, it was very, it was very helpful. Do you have any indication from his life of how, um, he learned to befriend his brokenness? Wow, that's a great question because I, I think in some ways Henry struggled with it, you know, till till the day he died. Um, I think probably some primary ways that he did so was through his journaling, you know, and and processing and saying it out loud, and you know, uh, uh, I, I had the opportunity to visit with. Uh, one of his friends who the relationship started out is that Henry was going to be a spiritual director, but his friend was a psychologist. And he said, pretty soon I figured out that Henry was so messed up that, you know, um, I, I needed, I needed to be his counselor and, you know, and uh, as much as he, my spiritual director. So, you know, he, he laughed about that, but, um, and I think, you know, Henry really found uh, Henry, was authentic in this in the sense that he found in in the spiritual disciplines that created space for God, you know, it, that is where he found his balm, and and where he found his truth, even when the pain was still just as real and just as hard. Um, you see this guy who is choosing faith and choosing to trust as best as he knew how to hang on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Even though some of those places were super dark for Mm -hmm. him. um, And yet he saw the redemption that God brought, Mm -hmm. even, even in the dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He, he eventually, you know, would see um, the light dawn in -hmm. meaningful ways, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. authentic ways, not just pie in the sky kinds of ways, Mm -hmm. but I got I get the sense from reading his work that he was a deeply broken human being. Yes. Is that does that yeah. seem to be accurate? Yeah. Oh, I think it's accurate. I think he would have said that about himself, especially in his older years. Mm-hmm. You know, how we are, we get a little bit more self-aware and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, more reflective. Um I think he definitely saw that, you know, in his book The Return of the Prodigal Son. Mm-hmm. You really you see him expressing it in a lot of his work. But I think in that one, especially he's, he's processing that in some new and more honest ways Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and looking at his brokenness in the, in the image of those two sons, you know, not just the prodigal son, but the elder son as well. And, and then, you know, what, what does it mean to be the father, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to change, to change your role entirely. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, Henry was a deeply broken per- person, and yet he was a spiritual guide. He was he was someone who was really finding his way, being mm-hmm. and being helped to find his way um, in real experiential life with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then he moves us into this chapter on giving. The, mm-hmm our interactions with others. And I hear echoes in this from his book, the wounded healer. Yes. That what we really have to give is 
who we are and our, our brokenness and our belovedness and that that's mm-hmm. what we bring to the world. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, even in the chapter on broken, he talks about how even our brokenness is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're all, <laughs> we're all broken differently. Um, and yet, and he says, but really that is the, that is the front line. That is where God can turn our lives into something uniquely beautiful to mm-hmm. be given. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I'm wounded, but I can, I can, you know, I can comfort others with the comfort that I myself has received mm-hmm. you know, as Paul, mm-hmm. as Paul wrote to the Corinthians. And so this idea of, and never is life found in just wallowing um, in that brokenness or staying in that brokenness, you know, mm-hmm. um, in, in a way that is just self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to find a way to even allow God to do something amazing um, through that brokenness to make your life fruitful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and then he took a turn here that, that caught me off guard in the most wonderful <laughs> way. The idea that our our death is the greatest gift we can offer. Yeah, that even our death can be a gift. I think he at least is okay. saying that. Um, but yeah, in in the end, it's sort of the final uh, gift, right? So yeah, this and he he wrote a little booklet just on this subject alone. But hmm. um, yeah, this idea of, of of our death as a gift. What is that? Yeah. Mean. <laughs> what does that mean? And and again, I think he sort of goes back to it's how you, it's your character while you're living, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that shapes, in a sense, your death. Of course, you can't control how you're, you know, how you're going to die. Right. And and yet he's saying, but a life well lived, even in that, then your death becomes a gift mm-hmm. of how of how people remember you and mm-hmm. and your legacy. And he even talks about your spirit, mm-hmm. you know, um, living on in, mm-hmm. in, in the lives of other, other people. Yeah. I mean, he, so. he alludes a few times to, you know, the idea of us kind of hanging around being helpful to others or mm-hmm. um, they, here's a quote, they can send us their spirits and we can live in a new communion with them. Yeah. And, and I, for me reading it, it just gave me this picture of, you know, we're eternal creatures and we pass the veil. We're living in the kingdom and we pass the veil more fully into that life. And that this is just a, just a, a, a process of getting there and, yeah. and our leaving then what, what do we leave in terms of our relationships and our interactions with others? And, and that can be a gift. Yeah. And to me, you know, that was so helpful in a sense, um, you know, practical, the idea of how are you leaving things? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so when you leave, is it going to be a lot of pain and hurt and process that people are going to have to go through, you know, because of of the the hurt and the harm that your life has brought? Mm-hmm. Or are people going to be blessed again and again mm-hmm. because of the gifts that they had already received from your life that are going to keep bearing fruit mm-hmm. in their lives. And that's a challenge to me. You know, I just went to the funeral of a, of a good friend just a, a few weeks ago. And I think I experienced that exact kind of gift. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even as we celebrated her life, 
you know, I started thinking about all the ways that her life will continue to be mm -hmm. um, a gift to me mm -hmm. and, and to challenge me mm -hmm. and, and to make me want to uh, live better. She died way too young. And so there's the pain and there's the grief and there's the loss. And yet there is that, I think, that reality of even her death can be a gift to us. Because, because of the way she lived, mm -hmm. the legacy, the, the yeah, it, mm. and 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 of course we want to. I mean, I don't think now it's trying to imply that what we give then is this the accomplishments or you know these big tangible things, but in the handshakes, the hugs, the smiles, yeah. you know, the, it, it's the small pieces and probably the things that we don't know we're doing would be my guess. Oh, I think that's so true. I, I, I think it's in some ways so much simpler um, than we want to make it and, and that all of us can do it. You know, all of us have the, have the opportunity and the choice to live uh, one way or the other as, yeah. we, as we relate to others. You know, people, people ask me what it was the, you know, significant about Henry Nouwen. And, you know, you're tempted to start listing his accomplishments. But to me, to me, I think the foremost thing that you have to say about Henry was Henry's life. You know, mm. uh, the people, his family, the people he knew, his friends, the people he loved mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the people he invested in. And, you know, the significance of his life in their lives, you know, I think you have to mention first and foremost and that can be true for any of us and all of us. Yep. We don't we don't have to have been an author. We don't have to have been an international speaker. You know, we don't have to have written forty plus books. Mm -hmm. well, um, I mean, that's what I love. I've I've seen this with others too. That what really lives on is who, who someone was and how they treated yes. others and those relationships and the accomplishments. They're nice and helpful and such, but. And, but what's so helpful to me is then that's available to us is yeah. that, is that, you know, our life with God can bleed over uh, in spill over into interactions with others and leave a beautiful fragrance to, that lasts. Absolutely. And the cool thing, you know, is that it's not just up to us. It's not just up to our ability. It's the grace of God, mm -hmm. you know, at work in our lives. And while the ripple effect that he can create that we never would have even thought of or imagined or, you know, been able to accomplish on our own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yet when we allow his life to be at work in our life, you know, and, and that was kind of a simple statement of Henry, you know, that the spiritual life is saying yes to the love of God mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and sharing and sharing that love with the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, he just ties it all up so beautifully <laughs> in these, in these pieces. I, yes. I found I underlined this book quite a bit. Uh, lots of great, great things, and 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 now people are, are coming to the conclusion of it. And there's this wonderful surprise at the end that we won't tell them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I will say it made the book all the better for me. <laughs> <laughs> I found it so helpful to uh, see how Fred responded to the book. <laughs> yes. What what would you I mean as in your work with looking at Nowen's legacy, um, can you speculate what he would think today in terms of the gift? Mm. I was as I was reading, I was thinking of the gift of his death. And yeah. In some senses, once people pass, 
we're free to celebrate them in ways that it's not safe for us to celebrate them when they're living. Mm-hmm. And he's been celebrated. He's, he's, he's got his own, you know, society and, you know, other <laughs> things and many books about him. How do you think he'd respond to how he's being remembered? You know, I, th- I think Henry would be surprised. Um, you know, one of the struggles of Henry's life was that even in the midst of what all of these books and, and other accomplishments, he saw himself as so ordinary. Hmm. And, um, you know, so I think, I think he would be surprised and yet he would be joyful. Mm-hmm. He would be blessed. You know, I think, I think he longed for his life to um, bear fruit and to show people the way mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to the love of God. And so I think, I think his work is still doing that, mm-hmm. um, especially through his books. So um, I think he would be. He would be smiling, <laughs> a, a, a big smile. Yes. Well, I'm eager to, in a handful of years, to, I don't know, take a walk with him and <laughs> have a chat. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, I see him as a friend of sorts. Me too, for sure. <laughs> hey, you you wrote a book about, about now. Could you share with people a little about that book? Yeah, it's called um, The Spiritual Legacy of Henry Nowen. Uh, it came out about 15 years ago, and it's a book that asks the question, what is Henry's significance, especially what's his place in the life of the church, um, Christian spirituality, especially in North America? Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's partially a biography, but then it also looks at the themes of his writing and tries to answer the question, you know, what was it about Henry Nowen? Um, that caused people to be drawn to him and made him, you know, such a, such a significant and effective spiritual guide in the time and place that he lived. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the significant, the interesting thing is that Henry never gained much acceptance at home. Uh, When Mm -hmm. I, when I say at home, I mean in the Netherlands, in his Mm -hmm. home country, or even in Europe, Um, they were just culturally, it a different place, hmm. um, I think, than we were uh, in North America. And so my view is that God planted his life and his gifts, you know, in the North American community for a reason, because God could use him uh, to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, it was the 1960s, there was a lot of chaos, there was a, you know, all of the God is dead rhetoric and, you know, secularism uh, ramping up for sure. And um, if I can just read a a small quote from the end of the book, I think this kind of helps to summarize it up. You know, the value of a guide is found in his or her ability to meet you where you are, to understand how you got there, and to lead you to where you need to be. Nowen was a spiritual guide who was well acquainted with the struggle. We've been talking about that. The struggle of the spiritual journey. But he had also glimpsed the hope of living in the light of God's love. Inasmuch as he longed deeply to know the love of God for himself, he longed for others to know this surpassing love as well. He spent the majority of his life trying to point the way, and he continues to do so through his writings. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Did What do you think, if you were to kind of 
answer your question, what is his place historically in the life of the church? I think Henry, um, I think Henry will always have a specific place. I mean, the legacy of his writing for sure, but you know, what made his writing effective? Why are we, you know, 20 years after his death, still keeping his books in print and mm -hmm. people are still talking about him, lecturing about him, you know, having uh, book clubs <laughs> <laughs> about Henry. Um, you know, what was it? And I think, um, I think the significance boils down to, in one sense, he was accommodating to mm -hmm. us in that he made the spirit, the Christian spiritual life accessible in the way he uh, wrote simply, he wrote pastorally, he really tried to distill these mysteries, you know, of the spiritual life into really understandable terms. And, and, and vulnerable. Yeah. He's so vulnerable in his, in his work. Yeah. And so, you know, his, and so his work in psychology, all of that, you know, contributed. He had a language. Um, that people could relate to and they could understand and his um, authenticity, you know, that came through that, that made, that made him accommodating in a good sense that he was, he was accessible. People could latch onto him. There were people, you know, in, especially in the, in the sixties and seventies that were leaving the cultural religion, you know, of, of their country and their community and and wondering if they could ever have a home again, um, you know, with God um, mm -hmm. in the spiritual life. And I think Henry found a way to give them hope mm -hmm. that, yes, that, yes, maybe they could. Mm -hmm. Maybe they could find that home. Um, but on the other side, accommodating, yes, but he I think he also challenged our culture. Mm -hmm. um, he challenged the church. You know, he said, you you're not any different than the culture that's around you. Mm. And, you know, maybe we need to pay attention mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. why that is, um, you know, his themes of competition versus compassion, mm -hmm. uh, his themes of exclusive, being exclusive versus being inclusive and, you know, trying to reach out to people instead of drawing a line and say, I'm in here and you're out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Henry was not controversial. He stayed away from controversial mm -hmm. topics. Um, he was theological. He was biblical in the way that he wrote, but he didn't, you know, he didn't go to the hot topics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, sure. You know, he, he tried to stay with ways of trying to show people who God was and how to, and how to experience him. So accommodating, but also challenging. Mm -hmm. And we need both. Mm -hmm. in a good, mm -hmm. We need both in a good spiritual guide in um, a good spiritual director. You know, mm -hmm. we, need, we need to have both of those. But I think in America specifically, when he started to work and write in the 1960s forward um, mm -hmm. until he died in the mid-1990s, we culturally were in a place that responded to his understanding of psychology Mm -hmm. We we culturally and and spiritually were in a place where um, the old settled ways of thinking out about our spiritual life um, were being questioned mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. blown apart and revolted against. You could say, in a sense, and Henry was um, 
clear about the gospel, and yet he was not judgmental, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he was transparent, and he tried to acknowledge the hard questions. Yes, these are hard questions, and yet here's the hope and the life that I found. Mm -hmm. I think people were, um, at that day and time, and still continue to be, very open. Mm -hmm. You know, Robert with Robert with now uh, wrote a book that talked about how we used to have a dwelling spirituality where it dwelt in our family and in our local church and, you know, perhaps in our denomination or whatever. Mm -hmm. And all of that has kind of been blown apart in the social realities of today. Mm -hmm. And so now we're in more of a seeker spirituality right. uh, where we're all individually seeking seeking our way. Mm -hmm. And I think Henry came along right at a time when seekers were, were ready to listen mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and to hear what Henry had to say. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, what would you say would be a, a good, if people wanted to read more now and what, what do you think yeah. would be a good stepping off point from reading this book? Oh, I would definitely recommend The Return of the Prodigal Son. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's got a it's good a picture. It does. <laughs> you, can't be, you can't beat Rembrandt, right? And really, it's a meditation on that right. painting. And uh, so first of all, it's beautiful just to teach you about you know, how to use art. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also, wow, it has many of the the maturity of his thought mm -hmm. uh, comes forth in that book. So it's a great, it's a great um, next step mm -hmm. from, mm -hmm. from life of the beloved. I also love his little book way of the heart. Mm. Oh, yeah. um, it's tiny. Uh, and yet it opens you to just three practices, you know, three habits that could really help you create space for God. Mm -hmm. Isn't that written um, for leaders? Is it yeah. kind of, I mean, it's not exclusive to leaders, but... No. Yeah, I think he was doing lectures or, you know, speaking in that context to, to Christian leaders. And yet, man, it's just super good. Did um, he write for, that later in his life? Oh, I'm not going to remember okay. the exact year that he wrote it. It just felt so rich to me. I mean, just it, you're right, it's tiny, but it's... Oh, you just, yeah. just chew on it. Was, yeah. it. was English his first language? It was not. No. So he he was uh, writing in a second language for him. But of course, in Europe, you know, you were taught you had to learn English mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. from the time you were in grade school. So um, but no, Dutch was his heart language. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So and um, I'm going to hopefully create some links that folks can go and watch some video of oh. him. Oh, I love um, that. Of him speaking. And, you know, wow, even years and years later, after living in North America for a long time, his Dutch accent <laughs> is still uh, pretty thick. <laughs> um, and so it's it's sort of endearing um, yeah. um, in a way. My, my dad does yeah. a good uh, impersonation of him. Oh, does <laughs> he? his accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um very helpful, and and thank you so much for introducing us uh, to your friend Henry. Huh? <laughs> oh, it was a joy. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Absolutely. And and later on, people will begin be able to submit questions, uh, and then Carolyn will interview you and work through some of those questions that people have. So, hey, okay, that'll be great. Great. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>